Hello and welcome to On The Whistle podcast. This is your host this week, Ahmad Youssef, editor of kingfoot.com. In this week's episode, we're doing a bite-sized discussion uh, into the effect of League One preventing players returning back to Africa for the African Cup of Nations qualifiers. I'm joined this week by Francis and Quain to discuss this further. So from my point of view, I think that uh, it's obviously quite a big detriment to Africa, uh, to African football in general. Um, a lot of these countries have a lot of players based abroad in, in League One and, and in, in Europe in general. And if this is going to be a trend going forward where um, players can't go back to their you know, home countries to play in these qualifiers, it's going to really affect the national teams. Um, you look at some of the countries that haven't qualified yet for the African Cup of Nations, so Ivory Coast are one of them, and they're going to be really heavily affected by that um, with a lot of their players unable to return. Even the Benin head coach stated that he doesn't doesn't believe he'll have enough players to even fill a squad because so many of his players have played in League One and League Two. Um, which are the two leagues that have prevented their players going back. Um, having said that, it's not just affecting the African continent, it's also affecting South America with the same effect happening there where um, South American players weren't allowed to go back. So um, I think this is quite a big issue that's going to start coming up, and not just now, but in the coming year, where in the summer we've got the World Cup qualifiers and um, how that's going to affect things as well. So um, it looks like it's not going to be you know, a, a great going forward. Francis, what, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, Brother Ahmed, um, it's really interesting. I think it's just one of those moments where, um, you know, my opinion on, on maybe like a Pan-African Super League or having something, because it makes you think that we need to have a lot more ownership of our talent, of the game on the continent. Because the question that comes to mind to me is, I'm currently on the continent. Uh I'm actually in a country that just hosted a tournament with 16 nations. There wasn't no crazy fallout uh, from that tournament, the Chan, and uh, in the aftermath of it, there wasn't some major spike in the pandemic or anything. Um, I live in a city where we know there is COVID and people are quite sensible, but the statistics prove that this is the least affected continent. And to imagine, therefore, that FIFA uh, makes a bylaw that pretty much leans to the favor of the UEFA space that caters to the European uh, footballing space that then allows leagues like League Ernst and League Two, for example, and now even the Spaniards are doing the same thing, to be able to have the right to say, we won't have our players go into the least affected space, but yet a player can fly from France to Italy that in the last 72 hours, we all know is seeing a crazy spike in their... Uh, corona numbers i'm more interested in this human conversation this permanent place that africa seems to occupy as the i don't know maybe like the ball on the pitch that everybody else can kick about and i just think we need to become players and we need leadership that speaks on these issues where sometimes when we can see that something is unfair you can say just give us the reason for the argument why you're saying the africans can't go and play in africa and if it's rooted in real in, in, in real politic, then I'll understand. But our teams suffer. And our teams suffer also because we don't have our domestic leagues strong. A nation like Egypt probably will be... Can fan and player, if they can't have Mo Salah, let's say hypothetically for whatever reason, Klopp had already said he doesn't want his players moving. And they have the right to say no. So the time could come and he could say, I don't want Mo to travel. And Mo doesn't. But Egypt will be okay, you know, because... Of the 11 players on their pitch, maybe nine are local. 
you know, maybe sometimes even 10. Um, and it's for us to ask those sort of questions that we must see these moments and moments that allow us to reevaluate the policies we have in place for our very top, top, top talent. Why can't they play at home? Uh, why must we be forever indebted or uh, linked to the European market? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think you're right. It's, it's you know, from a, from a COVID perspective, it is a bit, um, it seems a bit weird how, you know, when the cases are much higher in Europe that you're preventing uh, players uh, from going to a place with less cases, less deaths, but you're happy for them to travel within Europe and more likely to contract the virus there. And, um, and as you said, it will create a quite a big disparity between certain countries within Africa who, you know, have stronger leagues. As you mentioned, Egypt, but also, you know, Morocco have stronger leagues, but that they'll be able to get certain players. But, you know, I feel for, you know, the, the Benin coach who kind of says that he doesn't really have, you know, that that league in, in Benin to pick from um, that's strong enough. And they're the countries that will, will be most affected. Um, so I think overall, you know, it's, it's not going to help anyone, um, as, you, as you rightly said. I agree with you. And the one thing I could have said is that I think like when you look at the South American example, I think their leadership in terms of uh, Federation Football, they were able to come together and say, OK, we have a challenge in our space. How about we just postpone uh, the games that were meant to take place and avoid this sort of confrontation? And I think if our leadership had also maybe engaged in seeing the position that maybe their European counterparts were in and have entrenched maybe their prejudices are or whatsoever it is, they could avoid such public embarrassment or we use it as a stepping stone towards uh, a more egalitarian system where there's greater respect for our space. Because what this just reeks of for me is, again, another instance of disrespect because there's nothing we can do about it. Those players will never choose country over club because that's where they earn their livelihood. And so if one were to say, my club, my country really, really needs me because these are the last two games for the qualifiers of the AFCON, which will be taking place here in Cameroon in January of next year. So big countries like Nigeria are really like sitting on the precipice and they're like, we need these points. Maybe a country like South Africa doesn't as much because they have a good domestic league. But we need our federated body at the top to be able to come together and say, hey, here's the position we need to take for our dignity. And if we can't have one, how about we just let it slide? So let's push this a month. You know, or let's see how we can play these qualifiers in the summer when the league is done or whatever. So we don't have these moments where you're asking the players to choose or these kind of decisions are being made that belittle us and, and make us lose our sense of dignity and, and, and appreciation of self. No, I completely agree. I think, and you touched on it there at the end, how they, they could, you know, we could have easily had the African Cup of Nations qualifiers um, with the World Cup qualifiers this summer and could have had a, a, a kind of summer camp for, for all of these qualifiers together, um, playing, you know, maybe three or four you know, or two or three games a week or something like that. Um, and, and that could have, you know, could have solved it as well. But um, it is, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be helpful for anyone. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of On The Whistle podcast. If you'd like, hit us up on our socials and let us know what you think. Mm-hmm.